Hello, hello, and welcome to another Two Network Match Report with me, Adam. It's finished. Newcastle United 1, Swansea City 1. It was, by all accounts, a very frustrating game. It was another tale of missed chances, another disallowed goal, and ultimately the crux of the narrative is that Newcastle simply lack Premier League quality and given that this is January transfer window, Rafa Benitez presumably still doesn't know how much he has to spend on recruits. It's going to be a tough few months I think, regardless of what happens with takeover, we're going to be in a bit of a spot. I think this is us for the foreseeable future, trying to scrape by, nicking draws here and there, but ultimately today, the, the big takeaway for me is that at least we didn't lose, and that sounds horribly defeatist and negative, but I think if had we lost, that would have been devastating. I don't think a draw is devastating, although not ideal. But I think had we got the three points today, which most people hoped and expected to really, given the form of the two teams, given the home advantage, we would have been absolutely buzzing. And, you know, to, to win today would have taken us, I'm just checking the table now, that would have taken us up into 11th place, a point behind Watford. So, and Watford in 10th. Uh, so, that, you know, that, that, that's just how tight, how we're, we're dealing in such fine margins in the bottom of the table. And because of that, we can't be too reactive to a defeat. We can't be too reactive to a win or even a draw in this case. Are we disappointed that we didn't put Brighton to bed at home? That we haven't put Swansea to bed at home? Yeah, probably. Absolutely. Um, but I also didn't expect to beat Stoke home and away this season. I didn't expect to beat West Ham home and away this season. So, you know, things balance out and we're in 14th position. If you'd asked me at the end of the transfer window in, in summer... Would you be happy with 14th position, uh, middle of January? There'll be very few people who wouldn't have just gone with that and snapped your hand off because we didn't recruit as we should have done, as we all know. We don't have the quality, we don't have the depth. You know, the, our fellow promoted sides, Brighton and Huddersfield, have now spent about twice as much as we have this season. And that just kind of sh that just shows how far we've been left behind, even by our own frugal standards. That that is, it's, it's ludicrous statistic, really. But let's get back to the game. It was a team which saw Paul Dummett start in uh, favour of Javier Manquillo. Shelvin Diarmi made up the midfield. Richie Natsu joined Perez and Gale in attack as well. Now, this game really reminded me of the Bournemouth game, certainly the first half. In the Bournemouth game, we peppered them and had a goal 
at that point wrongly ruled out for offside. Today's game, we really started brightly. I thought the crowd seemed to be a bit more encouraging. I, th I thought against Brighton, the crowd was very negative and it was a far cry from the you know the positivity that we'd seen in the game against Man City, the understanding from the... F you know, we didn't get on the players' back for passing sideways, for passing backwards, for example. And I thought the atmosphere was a little bit better today, certainly from where I was sitting in the East Stand. And, we, you know, we, we kind of seemed to pick up where we left off against Luton in the FA Cup last weekend. And we showed that we can create chances. And the first two big chances fell to Dwight Gale. Both headers, the first one, he headed it, he just didn't head it in the corner far enough um, to the side of the goalkeeper. He made a, a relatively comfortable save, Fabianski, but there was a second header which he, he just he just hasn't he hasn't hit the target, and I think that's kind of unforgivable in that in in that situation. Dwight Gale, for me, had a pretty good game though, despite that really poor miss, and should have done better with his header on target as well. It's difficult because I asked myself at half time, you know, would would Hossel, if if those chances have been presented themselves to Hosselu, would he? I found the net, and you might think, on the head, yeah, possibly. But then you've got to ask yourself, would Hosselu have found himself in the same positions as Gale would? Because Gale is very, very good at anticipating, at finding just a yard of space. And, and just, it's this anticipation of where the ball's going to land or uh, rebound out to. He's just got that knack. It's a natural instinct. I don't believe Hosselu's got that. But Hosley's <laughs> better equipped uh, to deal with the ball in that situation, so it's a, it's a really difficult one. I thought that certainly early doors we were getting in behind their fullbacks quite easily, and certainly uh, the, we, we give um, Van der Horn on the right back uh, quite a lot of problems actually, and you know the likes of Atsu and even Dummett found themselves in advanced positions in behind. Um, no, it got to the point where Atsu crossed and Dummett had obviously made him his, his way forward through that move. And, you know, he flashed a, a shot over the bar as well, but it just showed that we were, we had attacking intent. The fact that our full-backs were, were given license to go so far forward uh, to support the wingers. And... The best move of the game for me, um, certainly to watch, was a chance that led to, to a move that led to a chance for Perez. There was some nice one-touch uh, headers, passes between Shelby, between uh, Perez, Gale, and the ball got hooked over eventually after a few nice touches to Perez, who had anticipated and was running on in behind the last man. He took a touch, and it was because it's on the right hand side. I think he's tried to, you know, I haven't seen the replay of this. It felt to me that he tried to hit it with the outside of his right foot rather than his left foot. I think if that's on the right hand side of the box, 
with the same chance, I think he's got a really good chance of just slotting it in because I think he's got that composure. But I think on that side, Fabianski did really well in fairness to come out and uh, to block that. But I thought that was the, 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 a really clear-cut chance and we should have put that away. This is the... This is one of these examples of, it, it means it's a recurring narrative, certainly at home, that we come out strong, but we can't seem to find the finishes that put, put games to bed and, you know, apply pressure and instill a lack of confidence in the opposition of getting back into it. Because I feel like an early goal in this game really could have you know, dampened there any 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 you know inspiration within their side, but as it happens and as it happened against Bournemouth, as it happened against Everton, the more chances we miss. I mean, against Everton, we you know we hit the post a couple of times, but you just felt that the more chances we missed, and we had a lot of chances in the first half, that they you know they'd be out of sight by half time. And we could just shore up and look to break on the counter for a second and put the game to bed. But we don't seem to be able to do this. And this is a recurring problem. We, you know, we had a really good opportunity uh, from a, a free, a direct free kick just outside the box. Immediately when the free kick was given, Shelby raced over to pick to collect the ball. And you could, I could see his focus. And I was thinking, he's going to do something here. And the anticipation... And he went up for the free kick, and he's just, I mean, it's not, he's neither he's neither got an used power or got it on target. I think what he's trying to do is almost, he's trying to go for the impossible postage stamp free kick, which has far less chance of going in, but if it was on target, it go, you know, it's unsavable. What I wanted, what I want him to do from that position is just make the goalkeeper work, ask a question of the goalkeeper, and get him to, you know, force him into a save. Because then, you know, we saw against Luton, keeper spills it, and we tap in the rebound. I mean, this is what this is how Everton got their points against us, wasn't it? We had a goalkeeping error, it was spilled. At least just make it difficult for the goalkeeper. Don't make it so that the hardest thing he has to do is run behind his goal, pick the ball up and put it down for a goal kick. It's such It was such a waste, and I think that... That effort, I mean, it, it, it's unfair to vilify Shelby for that one moment. It's a shot that goes off target. Most of our team do it all the time. He's not alone. Our strikers in particular, and they're the ones who really should be stepping up and putting the ball in there and finishing. But they, we, we can't seem to do that. But it just seemed to epitomise... It just seemed to epitomise how, how poor we are in front of goal. We're really poor. We're not converting chances, but we are creating the chances. At least that's a positive to take. One of the things that I've noticed recently as well is how poor deliveries have been from set players. Corner kicks, for example. Um, but I thought the ball whipped in, which was met at the near post. Um, which then led to a disallowed goal. I know that Gale... It seemed to be uh, rightly adjudged to be offside. Um, I didn't really have a good view of it myself, but I thought that, that you know the, the the corner kick routine, a ball whipped in, flicked on at the uh, near post, and uh, and finished. But obviously, 
adjudged to be illegally and offside. But again, I didn't know if, you know, but this is why it kind of mirrored the Bournemouth game for me. The, you know, the, the, the gung-ho approach, the chances created, but just not putting the game to bed. And the longer, and as with that game, and as with the Everton game, the longer it remains nil-nil, the more the opposition will grow in confidence, the more the opposition will believe that they can get something from it. And in the second half, that's exactly what they got. Essentially, the first shots on target, it was uh, Van der Horn on the right-hand side who really wasn't closed down fast enough, I don't believe, from, from, from Atsu. And he's worked a really good ball in. And I, he's just there. He's just... <laughs> It was it was it was quite quite incredible. He, he was there, and I don't even know who was supposed to be picking him up. I, I know kind of Clark was covering that front post in terms of him being the left side of a two man um, partnership. But I had a had a header. Dolo saved it. In not quite point point blank range, but there's not much Dolo can do apart from just try to beat it away. And of course, it's just sat up very nicely for Andrea to. Um, Sort of Jordan Ayew to, to to finish that off, and he and he scores, and that's pretty much their first attack. And again, this that particular this mirrored the how Everton scored against us. But I, I, I don't I don't think the blame here is for Carl Darlow. I think the blame here is for our defenders not reacting quick enough. For a start, not challenging Ayew in the first instance, but the second instance. I mean, that's just unfor that's unforgivable. We've just gifted a goal, and they they never they never had it coming really. They they really didn't trouble us. Again, it, it's like most teams that I've seen at St James's Park the last have been blunt. Brighton were blunt, even Everton were blunt. They only scored because of a, a, a goalkeeping error. And today, Swansea were blunt. I, I I thought that the only way that they would score is from a set play. Yeah, they managed to score against us in open play and suddenly all that hard work from the first half and the opening of the second half has put us in a real pickle and so we haven't, from a game that everyone just expected us to win, we're suddenly in a position where we have to dust ourselves off and try and find two goals under pressure. But, you know, we are going to concede goals in the Premier League. Okay, we just are, because as hard as our defence works, and as much as they're good guys, that you know, we just don't have a top off of the Premier League quality defence. We just don't. So we're we're going to concede, which is fine, if you're scoring at the other end, and this is the big problem. By not putting chances away, it puts even more emphasis. And pressure on the defence. Because you're relying on the defence to at least just get you a point. But if we concede, it's suddenly, well, oh, the, it, from, the attack are as much to blame than the, def, than the defensive errors for me. Because we, we really need to be putting the game to bed and scoring goals. And luckily we'd found a goal. And it, it, it became, yes, it was only about eight minutes after um, Jordan Ayew's uh, goal. It's great, a uh, bit of play by Shelby. It came to Perez, who kind of uh, he sort of 
he sort of spooned his shot and Hossley would come on for, for Gale at this point, early doors. I mean, I thought that was, I thought it was quite a brave decision by Rafa Benitez to bring on Gale, who seemed, as much as he'd missed a couple of chances, he seemed to be picking um, or picking up these, these, these positions in the box that looked, you know, like he could get a shot away or he, should, he, he could, you know, do some damage. I know he, he was bearing down on goal in the first half and he's... Instead of shooting, he sort of laid it off to Perez. He fired straight at Fabianski. It's things like that where you think, you know, if you've got a bit more confidence, just have a lash, mate. Just go for it. He, he can score from outside the box. He's proved it last year, time and time again. But he just didn't fancy his chances shooting. You know, you think you're bearing down on goal. There's no defenders around you. that They're allowing you to progress on, 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 on towards the goal. The ball's moving forward. That should be a perfect environment just to absolutely... Just to put your laces through it and smash one, ask a question, but he, he 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 didn't. But even then, I really liked Gale's defensive contribution today. The amount of times he managed to win possession back from from Swansea's defenders. I mean, they must and midfielders. They must they must have been going livid every time it happened because he made it look so easy. But it always he did that about two or three times, and it got us into a counter attacking position. So it was re I thought it was you know it was. It was brilliant work so I thought it was quite a, um, a bold move by Benitez to actually bring Gale off rather than Perez um, not that Perez was having a bad game by any stretch but I thought Gale just looked he just looked like the the player who m might have done something might have just got on the end of something but I guess with bringing Hosselu on it maybe give, it gave us a, a focal point in attack which we had sort of been lacking we'd been using the wings a lot and trying to Getting low crosses, but now we had a position where we could get some long balls to Hosselu's head. We could aim some high crosses, crosses from the from the touchlines towards Hosselu as well. And of course, Perez has spooned this shot sort of eight minutes after we've gone behind. Hosselu sort of picked it up, and he's <laughs> he's he sort of scuffed a really fluky shot through a couple of uh, defenders' legs. And right across the goalkeeper, can't do anything about it, and it's nestled in the bottom corner. And St James Park celebrates. It's a huge, huge sigh of relief because I can't even remember the last time we went a goal down in the Premier League at home at St James's and actually fought back to win something. I, I can't remember the last time that happened. I'm sure some fact checkers out there might help us out in the comments below. But ultimately, the crux is it's been a, a very long time and it was against the grain. So the fact that we kind of broke that particular rot was encouraging. And I thought, you know, we've, we've scored. It's, it's about 70 minutes. We've got, we've got about 25 minutes to win this here. And it just didn't seem to happen. If anything, um, the last 10 minutes, Swansea really enjoyed... Some pressure, and they had a they had a very very good chance once Bonnie had come on in the second half. Um, former Newcastle target Wilfred Bonnie, and the defence again were left exposed again. It was similar to the to the Luton goal where Woodman had to he just had to come out uh, to the edge of his box, and a similar thing happened with Darlow. He had to make a save um, or. You know, the ball was running through and he had to just make a block. So he was kind of left out. There was defenders back on the line. 
And I think at the end, it's, I think certainly Bonnie was involved in this. In, in, uh, Swansea got a shot away, and we've had to clear it off the line. And you suddenly think, bloody hell, we've we we we've be, we've come like a foot away from from losing the game completely there. So we've got to kind of, you know, count ourselves lucky in that respect that we didn't that we didn't throw the game away full stop. A draws poor, but it's not devastating because if they were to gain, you know, with it being a six point, if they were to gain more th three points on us. That, that 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 that's difficult. It, 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 the minute we've retained the same distance away from Swansea, so it could have been a lot worse. It could have been even worse. From again, I missed this in the game, but reports saying that Diarmi's been really really lucky to get away with a handball on the line, and it could have been a red card and penalty. <laughs> I mean, I would I, I would say that the guys next to me, I th I'd thought actually the the referee was really good in this game. I thought he allowed the game to flow. He didn't he didn't stand for any you know play acting or theatrics. He just kind of was nah, get on with it. So I thought he was I thought the referee got all the big calls right. I thought he got the yellow cards right for example. I can't really fault him for for any of them really. The offside goal um Look to be a good decision as well, um, from what I've seen from uh, media outlets. So, all the big calls got in the game, so we can't even blame the referee this time. But, um, but yeah, it looks like we might have got lucky with this Diarmi handball. I haven't seen the replay, so I may agree or disagree with myself there. But I think so. There's a couple of incidents where Swansea really, really had a good chance to score a second. They're fighting for their lives down there as well, so don't underestimate, because they're a poor team, because they've lost a lot of games recently, they've lost a manager as well, a new man's come in. This isn't the same Swansea City that has been you know, battered at the start of the season. However, we still had the best of the game, and we should have put them to bed, and we should have taken our chances. Now, amazingly again, and it's not that amazing in terms of it being unsur unsurprising, but possession as well, uh, possession again. We've uh, forty-two and a half percent possession to their fifty-seven and a half. They're the away side. We had more shots than they did. It's crazy. So we're not even we got we struggle to kind of statistically control a game, or you know they managed more shots on target than we did. They had eight shots, got five on target. We had twelve shots and then got four. Um, I mean, the look at the, stati the statistics coming out about Everton at the moment. In the last five matches, they've only had four shots on target. Now, we managed, however bad you think it is, <laughs> we managed four on target in one game, people. So, you know, it, it could be a hell of a lot worse. It really, really could. But as it stands, Newcastle are in 14th. We are... We're currently three points... Off Watford in tenth, four points away from Everton, who got uh, a thumping at Spurs uh, tonight, and we are we remain three points ahead of the relegation zone, which Stoke City are in. One of the big positives that I want to get from this is that now we definitely have the best 
goal difference in the whole of the second half. <laughs> okay, so we've got minus 10, Southampton's got minus 11, and then West Ham and Palace, who both uh, scored victories today. West Ham smashing Huddersfield away 4-1, and Crystal Palace beating Burnley 1-0 as well. So we have the goal difference, and ultimately, when a when a when a league table is so tight, you may scoff at the goal difference, but you've got to almost count that as an extra point, given the importance of it, and that's you know the way Rafa Benitez has set us up defensively. We had a couple of shaky games before Christmas, where we conceded threes and fours, but ultimately, if we're getting beat, it's by it's by a goal. Granted, when we're winning, it's only by a goal as well. But it shows that there's a lot of fight there. There's still organisation. And, you know, for, in case of just having a, a striker who's confident and on form and has the talent in the Premier League to, to put away chances, we're not doing much wrong at the minute. This, this, this run of games we're going on, we're creating the chances. We are defensively fairly sound as well we're going to concede goals we're not going to get a clean sheet every time but on the whole you know we're not getting to, we haven't been turned over for a long time the mentality is there they're fighting for the manager the manager wants to add more recruits but there's obvious there's obvious politics going on you know off the pitch that's going to be a distraction but the players you know Looking at Jamal Lascelles interview in the in the week, he's saying all the right things. And again, I thought I thought Lascelles was impressive today. I thought Dummett, Dummett pretty much. I think I think I saw one header he didn't win that he went up for today. He was everywhere. Um, I thought he was really impressive, and I'd much prefer to see him in the side over Mankio. As much as I don't think he's as good going forward than Mankio is, he's a lot sturdier a defender than Mankio. And he got in a couple of really good tackles. He just did a it just did a good job today. I thought. I thought he just job well done from uh, Dummett. I thought Diarmi was impressive. As much as I, if you've seen my previous videos, you know I don't like him. You know I don't think he's Premier League quality. But I thought Diarmi got about today. And I think Shelby's attitude today was very poor. There was reports that he batted away. Rafa Benitez's uh, hand when he got taken off which if that's true I don't think we can play it down we saw what happened with Jack Colback when he had a disagreement with Rafa Benitez he was uh, he was left to rot in the reserves quite literally and he's still there now and he will be sold and if there's anything in these rumours about Shelby going to West Ham for example if we can line somebody up to come in, like Mitrovic, Benitez will 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 green light those sales. And that's that's difficult for me to say because I admire both players in their own way, but I think this tells us a lot about Rafa Benitez's side and what he looks for in the characters of his players and ultimately the mentalities of Mitrovic, of Shelby. Not necessarily the talent, it's the, it's the mentality, the discipline. That is what is hindering them. And what, that's what's hampering their careers. They're not able 
they're not allowing themselves to fulfill their own poten potential because they have this mental block, this barrier that they can't seem to get around, this self-destructive element that if things are going too well, I'll get a yellow card or red card or I'll shout at the referee or do something petulant. Like it seems that he's done. I might be wrong, the reports might be inaccurate, but we'll see what comes out in the wash. But if he's battered, battered Rafa Benitez's hand away because he's upset about being taken off and, you know, he, he didn't have the best attitude today anyway on the pitch, that might spell his, his, his path out of the club. It might really might. And it's such a shame because his passing range is like nothing else in the league. He, he can do things with a football that very few other players can. However, Rafa Benitez believes in the team unit. And if Shelby isn't or doesn't want to play in that team unit or have the same attitude or application, that's not cool. And there's only going to be one winner in that situation. So we'll see what comes of that. But that 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 might be a that might be lights out for, for Shelby unfortunately. But in terms of January where where are we at? I know that he's not going to be able to well, we certainly won't give the green light for our departures unless we've got them lined up. I think previous managers <laughs> wouldn't have, uh, wouldn't be able to stand up to that. But I think Rafa Benitez, and especially what's going on with the, with the takeover talks and with all these, what seems to be are going to be broken promises, unsurprisingly, from the owner, who said that no matter what was happening in the takeover, there would be funds in January. It's the middle of January now, it's the 13th. If Rafa Benitez doesn't know what's happening, he wanted to get all of his business done by the 20th, which is a week's time. I don't see that happening. Um, I probably think we're going to get a couple of loans in in the last couple of days, but nothing significant. And I think we're just going to have to battle on as as we are. It's, it's, a, it's a really tricky situation. Strikers, this is the big problem for us. This is what we need to focus on. Which strikers are available? We've got... We've got Daniel Sturridge, who I think Liverpool won about 25, 30 million for. We're not going to be able to pay that. We're not going to be able to afford his wages. So Sturridge is out for me. Danny Ings, probably available on loan. We can probably afford his wages. But what kind of player is Danny Ings anymore? Is he is he a sharpshooter, uh, sharpshooting natural finisher that we saw at Burnley? Or is he a, a man broken by constant injuries? and lack of confidence and rustiness. We need someone who can come in, hit the ground running, and give us a boost until summer before we can sort things out. I'm not sure we take a risk on Danny Ings. I just don't know what kind of player he is anymore. And if he hasn't been able to prove himself in the top flight, why would we do that? Similar thing for Carroll as with Daniel Sturridge. Carroll would cost too much, his wages would be too much, and he's too injury prone, so it wouldn't be worth it. So Carroll's out. We've got we've got Olivier Giroud, but I think wages would be a, a stumbling block, and I think he'd probably want to stay at Arsenal to fight for his place, given the indifferent form of uh, Lacazette. So I think Giroud, I think Giroud's, I think it was fanciful anyway. Who else we've got? We've got we've got Michi Bakchuai, who's not even he's, he's not even getting a game 
uh, when Morata's injured, you know, Conte just doesn't fancy him, he doesn't trust him. But Batshuayi is one of these players who, a bit like Giroud, need game time to get prepared for the World Cup. They're the players that we need to be targeting. And Michi Batshuayi is basically all of our strikers in one. He's maybe not as physically strong as Mitrovic, for example, but he's a natural finisher. He can move. He's a complete forward in that respect. And he can act as a bit of a target man as well because he's a presence. But I think that would be an incredible signing. Don't, because of that, I don't think it'll happen. Um, I think the only person that we might get in from Chelsea is um, Kennedy. But that was absolutely relying on Chelsea bringing somebody in, which is what we were told at the end of summer as well. So let's let's uh, let's not expect too much from that either. And you've got uh, Javier Hernandez from from West Ham, who has been made available. Now he hasn't really hasn't really worked from this season, so that that, that in itself would be a huge risk. And I don't think we'd pay any transfer fee and I think loan wise I think his wages would be too much as well this is where we're at we, we can't afford even the players that the big club the bigger clubs don't even want because even their even their reserve wages are higher than anything we would want to pay so we're we're, 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 we're pretty stuck at the minute um, thankfully though I'm not chief scout on Newcastle United I have no idea of visibility on availability of a host of um, <laughs> strikers around Europe. So let's hope that Newcastle Scout Network and Rafa Benitez has many contacts. Uh, they have a few irons in the fire because, boy, we need them. And until we bolster our ranks up front, we're going we're gonna to continue to scrape games, scrape points, not put teams to bed. And we're we're gonna we're gonna fire blanks up front. That's it's, it's as simple as that. And this is what happens when you try to do the transfer market cheap. When you try to play the play the game cheaply, you get a five million pound striker in Hossley who works his socks off, got himself a goal today, kind of against the odds really. And you know that's 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 all we've got at the minute. And it's that's <laughs> it's not where Newcastle United should be. It's been a long time. Since we've had a striker where you think, oh, fancy him to get a, you know, fancy Gale. Uh, you know, last year it was like a fancy Gale to score. You, Gale's had a couple of good months, but, uh, you know, I don't ever go into a game thinking he's going to score today. Like when she, when we had Shearer, I, you know, he, he had a feeling when he was going to score, which is pretty much all the time. Even Carroll had, a, had that spell for his way, thinking, yeah, I fancy him. And, Cole, Fernand, Martins, whoever it's going to be, Cissé, Barr, these players who you just, we don't seem to have that talisman up front, that player who's going to bear the pressure of putting the ball in the back of the net. We don't have, none of them are stepping up as they should, to the level that they should. Maybe that's not their fault, maybe that's just their limited talent, but then that's exactly why we need to strengthen it. I'm going to leave it there, guys. Thanks very much for watching another two-network match report with me, Adam. 
Please subscribe to us on YouTube, as always, if you like to uh, listen to the audio version of this because you can't bear my face. We're on SoundCloud and iTunes as well. And of course, we're on Facebook and we're on Twitter at The Tune Network. Please give us a follow there and send us any questions if you want me to answer any of your questions, either in the comments below or on Twitter or Facebook. And I'll answer any questions that any of you guys um, might have. I'm not an in the know, I'm not a technical genius, but um, I'll try and give you my two cents anyway. Thanks very much, thanks for watching, and we'll see you after the Man City game. See you everyone, bye, bye.